Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, the verses are 1 through 13. And the title of this week's lesson is called Concern, Conflict, and Selflessness. From the New King James Version of the Christian Bible, the text reads, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Verse 4. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Verse 7, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live, if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? Night and day praying, exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you, so that he may establish in your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Praise God for your holy and divine word. Bless those who read and those who follow your word. Luke's record in Acts indicates Paul left Thessalonica under duress. Trouble was on his heels he proceeded to stay, a brief stay, in Berea, Acts 17, verse 10. Jews from Thessalonica came to Berea to stir up opposition. For his safety, Paul proceeded on to Athens. He commissioned Timothy to stay behind to encourage and build up the churches both in Berea and Thessalonica. Note 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2. Timothy came to have a special place in the apostle's heart. To the church at Philippi, Paul wrote, 
but you know his, Timothy's, proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel, Philippians 2, verse 22. Paul sacrificed his personal comfort in order to send Timothy to Thessalonica to build up the church in the city. Paul worked alone in Athens and for part of his stay in Corinth. In the midst of his concern for the church at Thessalonica, Timothy had brought relief, but Paul recognized God's will was active in the establishment of these outposts of truth. Christian churches had found fertile ground among European Gentiles. Credit for relief from evil always points to God. The burden of struggle was lifted from Paul's shoulders by Timothy's efforts. No words could express how Paul felt. The doubt and uncertainty of his heart was replaced with joy. With no hesitation, he turned his thanksgiving to God. We should also be so predisposed, church, to always turn our thanksgiving to God as we recognize the joy as a result of uh, Christian salvation. Still, things were not altogether what Paul wanted them to be. He could not be present in person, but the apostle wanted Thessalonian Christians to know day and night he thought about them. He prayed to God about them. Paul wanted to be present because he still had many things he needed to teach them about the love, the grace God shed abroad in Christ. The letter he was writing would have to do until he could be there. Paul's concern for the new church was evident. He could not personally return to Thessalonica, so he had dispatched Timothy. One of the chief reasons Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica was to exhort the Christians there, the church, to remain faithful in the midst of conflict. He did not want the brethren to be shaken by these afflictions, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 3. Think about it, church. We're, we're all shaken by afflictions, uh, on a daily basis. Uh, how do we maintain our courage and our Christian faith if not by exhortation of the word and one another? While with them, he told them persecution would come. He told them persecution would come. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he was concerned about their continued faithfulness. Verse 4. Then and now, Christians must always focus on the preeminence of Lord Jesus. 
the preeminence, the power, the grace, the love, the fellowship. Note Colossians 1, verses 18 through 24. Uh, particularly verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Christians are expected to serve. Galatians 5 and verse 13. Christians are expected to sacrifice 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 5. Christians are expected to suffer. Acts 9 and verse 16. These characteristics are needed in Christians to pursue and propel the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can expect trials to face us. Let us count these as good trouble as we advance God's purpose. Let us remember John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thankfully, when Timothy reunited with Paul, he brought good news regarding the Thessalonians. They had not relinquished the faith. They had not forgotten the things Paul taught them, verse 6. In response to this good news, Paul prayed for God to allow him to return to Thessalonica, verse 11 for God to allow the Thessalonians to increase in love toward one another, verse 12, and for God to establish their hearts blameless in holiness. Blameless in holiness. That will be our focus on next lesson. This is verse 13. Importantly, the apostle did not ask God to keep the Thessalonians from persecution. Instead, he asked God to help them thrive as they persevered and endured, expressing his great relief because of their faithfulness. Paul added, For now we live, if you stand fast in the Lord. And that's, eternal life. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 8. Life is standing fast in the Lord. Standing fast in the Lord is recognizing and practicing His will in our lives. Be on your guard or watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Be courageous. Be strong. 
Despite the personal trials he endured, Paul was concerned about his brethren. In many ways, his concern for his fellow Christians overshadowed his concern for himself. The service of Christ is what mattered most in his life. What about you, Christian? What about me? What matters most in our lives? Is it Jesus Christ and serving him? Every success in reference to this service imparts strength and fullness of life to him whose faith endures. Paul's life aim was to lead souls to Christ. What about us Christians? Are we similarly predisposed to follow Jesus? To walk in humble obedience to his expectations for us as selfless servants toward one another? This service did not and does not mean an idle contemplation of the excellencies of Christ. It did not and does not mean a disproportionate focus on style or presentation. Service means a focused, faithful recognition of our commission to go. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, NIV. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Paul's life personified Christ's expectations and is a model for those who would take up their cross and follow Jesus. Paul prayed that God would direct his path back to Thessalonica. It was a young, fledgling church. Things were lacking in the maturity of their faith. Paul prayed, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may say your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Verse 10. He rejoiced to hear about their faithfulness. Even so... He asked God to give him an opportunity to teach and equip the new Christians in the areas where they were lacking. They needed further teaching, as we all do, so we all can excel more in service to Lord Jesus. Their growth, Paul prayed, would begin with love and service. Love and service toward one another on the order of the love Jesus had for them. He prayed for the holiness of their lives, the sanctified life. To be in Christ involves faith and godliness. Obedient modeling of Jesus Christ is imperative and expected.
the apostles' prayer is that all would come to confess Christ. For Paul, his reward would be faithful Christians. The concern Paul had for the Thessalonians stands as a model for Christians today to consider and learn. In a world where individuals focus on themselves, it is refreshing to witness Paul's selfless spiritual mentality. We would do well to adhere to the admonition he gave to the Philippians. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others, Philippians 2 and 4. Who are others? Others are anyone in need, our neighbors, those outside the ark of safety. Putting others first in Christian charity is a characteristic of a life focused on agape love, empathetic interaction. Note 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. It is in our best interest to love and serve one another. Living to love others is our spiritual expectation. Paul asks that we recognize the cost of discipleship and accept the yoke of service, the totality of loving and serving. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech or appeal. I beseech you, therefore, Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, all your faculties, your gifts, your abilities, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice or a surrender, a living sacrifice, holy, consecrated and sanctified, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or rational service. When we consider God, that thought must be driven, is driven by our adherence to his will. Our sacrifice to God's will is a demonstration of his glory. We must act upon his will, his plan for us. We must allow the Holy Spirit to fill us as an empty vessel. The mercies of God drive us to consider our role in the world. Having a spiritual journey of love is made noble as a result of our faith, our total trust and reliance on Jesus Christ. Let us exhort ourselves to repentance and to seek Jesus daily. That is our rational behavior. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus Christ is the Savior. 
is our Savior, the ultimate source of love and fellowship. He is our intercessor, our confidant, our good shepherd. He will ease and relieve and refresh our souls when we walk in the path of Jesus, we are able to embrace others in love as he has embraced us. This lesson is yours. Thanks for listening, church. I pray something has been said that is both uplifting and edifying to your Christian walk. Let us go to God in prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for all the many mercies and blessings you bestow on us each day. Thank you for last night's lying down and this morning's early rising. Thank you for our degree of health, our state of mental ability, our emotional peace. Thank you for the safety we enjoy. Thank you for our families and, and longevity of life. Most of all and above all, we, we thank you, we humbly thank you for sacrificing your son on that old rugged cross for the sins of mankind. Thank you, Father, for your love, your grace, your long-suffering. Thank you for your wisdom, patience, and your joy. We come to you with petitions on our heart of mind. We send up prayers for those who are suffering, those who are on their beds of affliction. We ask you, Holy Father, as the great physician to guide the hands of the caregivers. We pray that those who are lost in their state of distance from you, we pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it is everlasting too late. We pray for leadership in your church, in this nation, in this city, in our lives. We pray for courage to seek your sanctification, to seek your forgiveness for our trespasses. We thank you as we lift up your banner of hope to all nations. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, thanks for listening. Next week's lesson is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 through 8. The title is Christian Purity or Holiness. Christian, consider reaching out to your brothers and sisters this week in 
in Christian charity, a card, a phone call, a text, goes a long way in uplifting others. Stay safe, seek courage, and love. Bye for now.